Yes, indeed, Father God, the war is crazy, and it's going on. It's hand-to-hand, it's ground combat, it's uh, bombs dropping from the air, it's everywhere. And Lord, we know people are feeling it. And so I pray that you'd secure us, seal us, seal us, and shield us from the attacks and the assaults of the enemy, and teach us, Lord, how to pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ, your Son, gave us the example, the prayer outline, demonstrated the faithfulness of God in doing, he did did your will and you accomplished great things through the both of you to deliver us from the present evil world. Father, we thank you for deliverance. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for healing. We thank you for answers to prayer. We thank you, Lord, for learning how to pray so that we can actually get something done down here that makes a difference. I thank you for giving us wisdom. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to comprehend what's going on. You said if we don't understand it, it won't do us any good. The The seed will be snatched from us. So, Lord God, help us. We think we all know what prayer is, but I think we missed it completely. So give us wisdom and help us to understand now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Yes, 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 let us pray. How many people are sick of praying? (laughs) You prayed and it didn't work and God didn't answer and it got worse. And um, something is wrong with the way we're understanding prayer or the way we're going about it, because it seems like it becomes the most frustrating of human activities in terms of our relationship with God. And I think part of that is is because of an assumption. The assumption is that we're asking God to intervene in our affairs and to help us and deliver us. That's the debate that help us, you know, that's the assumption. That's the, the kind of like um, standard. But prayer really is not getting us, having us get God to agree with us and help us. Yes, that's maybe a little part of it. And that is maybe one of the fruits of prayer because it does help and brings deliverance. It brings God's will on the earth. And God's will is to help us. God's will is to deliver us. God's will is for our salvation. God's will is for peace. So all of those things would help us immensely. And so if we're asking God to help us, we must also ask in, in, to understand that his will be done. And, and here's the problem. Well, let's just, first of all, before we go with the problem, let's look at this for a minute. The real um, activity of prayer, as we saw Jesus demonstrating and teaching us, was to join his will with the will of the Father. He says, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Um, and that and he goes on to exp- explain what he, God's will was. Of course, it was to bring salvation um, and to accomplish the the kingdom's purposes, heaven's purposes, as he said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in and through us, even as it's being done and declared in heaven. So it's like what we have here is a, a joint effort between heaven and earth to get the will of the Father accomplished on the earth. However, God the Father doesn't just poke himself, poke down on the earth and interfere with our affairs. He will intervene in our affairs. 
um, as we ask him and sometimes even when we don't ask him because it's needful because of his loving kindness, but he doesn't interfere. So prayer really is uh, what Jesus showed us. It's, it's him going into the wilderness, going into your prayer closet and beginning to find out what the will of God is and then joining with God and using the power God has given us to agree with God. So God has a will for us. God has a will for the earth and Satan has a will for the earth. So Satan votes against us and God votes for us in that will. But our vote, our prayer determines who wins, who prevails in that contest. And so um, there, there's that's why there's such a battle because Satan wants us to vote with discouragement. He wants us to vote with, it's never going to happen. It didn't happen last time. Um, it, it, God's no good. God doesn't care. And this is a big part of why people get so discouraged because they really don't know the real true character of God and the true true matter of the spiritual war that's involved here. Um, so uh, really what, what it is um, that, that we want, the, the ultimate goal is for the will of God, God's goodness, God's favor, God's life, God's justice, God's mercy, God's truth, to his will to come to the earth even as it's already known and being done and carried out in heaven. So thy will be done, O God. He says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy Thy kingdom come. So our job here is to bring forth the kingdom of God through our agreement with God. And that comes through our agreement and, and lifting up prayers to God. And if we would begin to pray in accordance with God's will, as Jesus did, I think our percentages of prayers getting answered would increase greatly. Jesus had a 100% batting record. He never... Uh, average, whatever it is. He never missed. He always was will. He, he listened. He went. He was quiet. He listened. And he found out for the day what was on the Father's heart. And he said, yes, yes, and yes. So he went and did and found those people, prayed for those people, did what he was called to do. And he always succeeded because he was at that point voting yes with the Father. So we have a vote that counts to break the tie between God and Satan. So when you vote for, you know, when you miss cast your ballot or poorly or whatever that word would be and you agree with the fear you agree with doubt you agree with despair you agree with you know um it's never going to work um you know it becomes then we cast it we cast it in favor of the devil's plan so um the will of god is what we are after knowing the will of god and yet here a lot of people say well who is God? Is God nice? Is God good? Is God for me? Is God is God against me? What's you know? And and they'll always throw that onto you know pr- prayers for healing. Uh, you know, people come to the altar for this, and then and they'll add all this whatever they say as a prayer, whether whether it is a prayer or not, of some value or merit. Then they'll add, "Thy will be God, your will be done." Okay, well, you know, what is that saying? Do they know what God's will is? Is God's will for this person to continue to suffer because they think God is a God who tests and tries and wears out and frustrates and exhausts the hearts of men? If that's the case, then they they might be praying for with a lie. They may be agreeing with a lie. Well, God, you know, if you're testing them, trying to uh, refine them, uh, then thy will be done and the extension of the pain and the cross that they're bearing, so be it. Or if you understand God is a good and gracious and holy and, and ever-present Heavenly Father, and you say, Thy will be done, then you're praying that God will um, deliver us, deliver them from that sickness, that affliction. So it really depends on 
who and what your concept, how you see God and your concept of God. Um, so many times we think, you know, that, uh, um, that God is, well, we, we pray through a, a lens or a filter, and that is that, that our concept of God is that God is all-powerful. He can do anything he wants, but he doesn't always really come through for us. And so the unanswered prayers, the prayers that don't get answered the way we pray them, become, as it were, the biggest mountain or obstacle to prayer. Can you believe that? God is for us, not against us, but we have been persuaded by the um, interpretation of outcomes and events, uh, renditions given to us by the enemy to believe that God is not for us all the time. So we don't understand that our real point and power down here is to agree with heaven and get the will and purposes of heaven to go forward in the earth. Um, we, we think We think that prayer is trying to get God to do what we want him to do. And a lot of us do a lot of begging. You know, we're clawing at the gates of heaven, um, you know, you know, stumbling around in doubt and unbelief and double-mindedness, and we never feel like we're hurt. And so we become very bitter, bitter against God. You know, if God is so good, then why doesn't he help me? And why doesn't he hear me? And why did he let this terrible thing happen? Um, so the enemy uses our efforts to pray. We stand up to go out to battle to do this prayer. And before we even get to the, the point, uh, the objective, the place of the battle, we're shot down with the enemy's uh, spirits of accusation, unbelief. He may say, you're just being selfish. You pray like that. Um, he, he reminds us of all the unanswered prayers. Um, and uh, that, of course, becomes a resistance and a hindrance to prayer all the unanswered prayers, all the prayers that didn't work, all, and this is mind-blowing. If you understand spiritual warfare, this is huge. Uh, if, if Satan can keep people from, from coming up to the, the throne of grace and mercy and agreeing with God, crying out for God's will to be done on earth, even as it's being done right up there in heaven, and we're agreeing with God, we're giving God permission, we need to, God doesn't interfere without our request. I mean, he, he oversees the affairs of men. Let's not get it all tangled up here, but God is waiting for us to agree with him, to ask so that he can intervene. He can come on the scene. He can bring forth. And, and, and the way we know that is because in Matthew um, 16, 16 and 16, 18, um, God said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So he's saying it starts here on earth. The binding starts here. The, the forbidding, forbidding the enemy to do this, consume, destroy, uh, kill, steal, you know. We forbid it as the author uh, authorized representatives of earth. We've been authorized through the gifts God gave us, the power, the authority in the garden to manage the affairs of earth. And so when we uh, bind, we start here. Okay, but I, uh, according to what we know to be the will of God in what's going on in heaven, I bind on earth this uh, this tragedy, this um, despair, this destruction, this um, intention of the enemy. I forbid the enemy to continue his operation against so-and-so. I, and then on the opposite, I loose, I release the, gr- the grace of God, the strength of God, the wisdom of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that the will of God will be accomplished in this place. However, in the midst of, of being calm 
and and clear headed in all of this, we freak out with the with the panic of the intensity of the urgency of the problem. And so we just begin to kind of lose it, if you will, and we lose our focus and we, we, we get scattered and we don't stay focused on what we're doing. We get the, frust- the frustration, the anger, get, you know, and then the demons rise up within us or in our minds and they say, well, you know, um, again, we got to do more, never enough, got to do some more praying. God doesn't hear. It's not, you know, it's just that, just that constant nitpicking by the enemy in our minds that causes us to think we have to answer that. And then when we try to answer that, we become this, you know, we lose our focus and we get ultimately hardened against the goodness of God and the revelation of God's goodness. So if you don't have a foundation knowing that God is good all the time, and if God isn't good all the time, he's not good at all. If you don't know that, then you, I would, I would advise you not even to start praying because you're going to, you're on a slippery slope and the enemy's going to just knock you down and it's going to, it's actually going to do more damage than good. Um, you could pray this, however, if you're on that place, you can say, Lord, help my unbelief, like the guy who brought his son. And that seemed to be a good, honest prayer. And Jesus was gracious enough to honor that man's prayer. Um, so a pr- our prayer, our asking, requesting, seeking, knocking is essential for the moving forward of the will of God on earth. Um, he's given us the power and the privilege, like I said, to bind and to loose, to vote in favor of God's will being done on the earth. Thy kingdom come. Um, so when Jesus gives us the master outline for prayer, that's one of the main points, you know, um, to to agree that the will of heaven be done on earth because that's all God needs. He just needs your simple agreement with him that he can then move forward in what he wants to do. We vote for God or we vote for the devil. By doubt, unbelief, fear, um, uh, frustration, bitterness, we vote for the devil's will to be done. Um, uh, Satan has turned our most effective weapon, which is prayer, coming before the throne of grace and mercy, petitioning God, um, agreeing with God, speaking it out. God, I agree with you that this is, that your will be done right here, that this not go any further, this, this corruption, this, um, this disaster, this bitterness, this unforgiveness, uh, this relationship breakup, breakdown. I, I agree with you God that this thing go no further in the devil's direction. I forbid it in Jesus name. Um, so Satan comes against us and he keeps piling up all the like I said, all the um, unanswered prayer as a, it kind of gets in our way. So, um, so our concept of God really becomes the foundation upon which we pray with faith and confidence. You can't have a double-minded, you know, half good, half fickle God, a hard, cold-hearted God, an uncaring God, one who's ready to find faults, some religious entity up there that's ready to, to be mad at you, unhappy with you. This is the way we're taught this is the way the churches, the religious system of this world has twisted the concept of God to cause us to not be encouraged or uh, del- delighted in praying. You know, we turn, oh, everything else but prayer. I'll try it myself. I'll do it myself. I'll work hard. I'll, I'll put all the burden on me, take all the responsibility, and I'll just work myself to death and never really expect God to do much because who knows what he'll do anyway. This is what? You know, this is a passive, demonic concept of God that is an insult to him, and, and Satan loves it. So when we see God as 
disappointed with us or testing our faith or waiting to see how we're going to do or to prove our unworthiness to justify his withdrawal of help. This is, I know, I know there's all kinds of examples in especially the Old Testament where God withdrew his blessing, where God said, don't pray for them anymore, where God said, don't do this, don't practice idolatry, don't sleep with the pagans, blah, 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 blah. And why did he say all that? Because he knew the minute while they were doing that, when they were doing that, they were agreeing with their adversary, the enemy, who was going to use all that to kill them. God wasn't trying to, you know, steal their fun. He was trying to warn them that this is the this is how serious this is. It's life and death. So then God wrote the whole book of Job to find out. We can ask this question: Who is testing Job's faith? Who is being tested here? Is it Job? Just Job that's being tested, or is it? God being tested. Is Job's faith in God being tested by the devil who believes that Job can be broken and will turn away from expecting God to help him? Yes, the devil wants to believe us to believe that God isn't there. God is the one. And all of the friends were sent by Satan to convince Job that he was wrong. He was stupid for seeking God, that God was still not sure of Job's faith. And so he's going to refine his faith as if God did not know from the beginning of the foundation of the world how this was all going to go down. I just, if you just think two seconds beyond what you think you know, you'll find a whole nother world of truth that you missed because you assumed that you already had figured it out because you went with a party line. Oh, God is mad and God is, you know, it, the spiritual warfare is very, very insidious. You have to understand that. Satan doesn't, he's way smarter than us. The only way we're going to ever get through this is by relying completely on the Holy Spirit or on the grace and mercy of God to make things right, to know the truth, to judge us according to the truth, knowing our hearts uh, and knowing what we're up against. So both, um, you know, those who judge God for letting it happen or blame Job because of his sin have missed the point. You know, because the devil is completely out of that equation. We don't understand that in the very beginning, there was the two times Satan came to the to God and said, let me test him. Let me test him. You didn't let me touch his flesh. Let me test, you know, touch his body and I'll prove to you he won't be true to you. So, I mean, how much more blatant and clear. And then at the very end, God says, hey, Job, you need to pray for your friends because they did not speak that which is right concerning me. What did they say the whole time? God is mad at you. God is judging you. You deserve it. You know, setting up a a, a wedge or a, a barricade, an obstacle between the relationship between God and Job. So now is Job supposed to think God loves him or is God mad at him? I cannot, you know, just think of, I don't know, your ideal of a, of a love between you and someone else, a, a romantic notion, um, whatever it is, that in that lovely uh, ultimate concept of love and romance and whatever it is you you know that the other person knows you they know who you are they're for you not against you they're not treacherous they're not trying to get their own needs met through you they're willing to lay down their life for you and you don't have to worry about them trying to set you up gaslight you test you to see if you're really loyal to them because they're insecure but this is the way we look at god we, we think, well, God's insecure. He's testing me. He not, he's not sure what I'm going to do. And so 
with our prayers, we come to him the same way. You cannot come to God and, th- and, and judge God, be mad at God, think God is the one who you're going to have to uh, convince. You don't have to convince God of a good thing. God is already convinced. He wants you to, to be convinced that he is for you. Um, so binding and loosing, these are things most Christians don't do or they do according to their own flesh and according to their, the, the carnal man, according to what you think and feel instead of what the Holy Spirit says. Um, so the earth, we must bind first because heaven has already bound it. We, we have to bind in agreement. So we must bind before heaven will, will con- connect. So you forbid on earth. I forbid the continued demonic, insidious, deception of the human race by the devil by his smoke and mirrors deceptions uh you know his arguments his clever reasonings his religion i bind and forbid those spirits those powers of religion and witchcraft that set people i forbid them to continue their operation in and you can say specifically where in the government in your sister in your brother in your wife whatever you are being specific. And that's another thing about prayer. People, they get sick and tired and they're tired and exhausted and frustrated and they don't want to pray. They really don't want to pray. They've been taught to prayer is distasteful. Let's just go out and do something. You know, let's go evangelize without praying. Let's go, um, you know, try to preach the gospel without praying. That's just, you know, we, we're, we're so, dis, prayer has been such a, uh, you know, um, awful thing, frustrating, failures. It's just a, a place where we don't see it as communion with God. We don't see it as crying out to God. We don't see it as resting in God's goodness. Uh, we don't see it as us declaring thy will be done, O God, on earth. We see it as, it's not going to work. So the God of this world, he's stolen our power from us, our power to agree with heaven. Um, we are the agents of heaven. We are, we're ambassadors now, domiciling on earth. But once you're saved, you are actually here as uh, you know, soldiers that have been dispatched to uh, the, a foreign land, a country that's been taken over, which is the world. And we're here to do the will of God. And we're not here to be whining and complaining and giving up because we know who we are. We know where we're from. We know where we're going back to. And this is just a temporary deployment, okay? And so let's get our act together and stop going with what it looks like all the time because Satan uses the cunning, the deception, the treachery, the manipulation, the witchcraft of circumstances to discourage us in our faith. And what is faith, really? Well, faith can be defeated, I believe, because the devil can throw all kinds of it is what it is, it looks like, and circumstances. He can throw all that stuff at us. And believe you me, the more dangerous you are to the devil's kingdom, the more he's going to throw that stuff at you. But when we know that um, uh, that we are already loved by God and heard, and we're being heard by God, and we can rest in God. If we, if we don't pray perfectly, God can finish it off. He can supply our faith. But our faith, like I said, can be over, over, overloaded, uh, buried, whatever. But knowing cannot be. I know, if I know that I know that I know, that God is good, God is for me, God is asking me to join with him, God needs my um, prayer and intercession so he can act on the earth, so he can come down here and act, and he comes to rescue. Satan answers prayers too. 
he with demonic blessings. That's why people practice paganism. They're praying to Satan for favor, for fertility, for good harvests, for uh, safety. They're making deals with the devil. They're giving him their firstborn. They're offering their children as sacrifice. They're, they're, they're all kinds of. They're making deals with the devil to get him to pr- to answer, protect, give them a blessing, a demonic blessing. We think we can make deals with God too. God doesn't need us to make any deals with him. God is already in favor of us, for us. We just need to rest in, in that revelation and know that once you know that you know that you know that God is good and he's for you and this is what he wants, that his divine word, his divine protection is there for you, then you can start to read the word, the Psalms, the whatever, the, 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 the examples of Jesus Christ. You can read those with confidence and with assurance. Um, uh you know, just God doesn't, you know, here's another thing we, we kind of mess up on. We think that God just runs the world the way he wants to. God does not run this world the way he wants to. What he wants is his perfect will, which is heaven, which was paradise. This is not God running the world and getting his perfect will done. Absolutely not. This is God working in spite of our free will and our fear to give, to do the devil's will. This is God <laughs> you know, saving, rescuing, delivering, healing, preaching, uh, har- bringing a harvest in w- against incredible odds. Most of the time, we're not on God's side. Most of the time, we're on the side of fear, anxiety, stress, medications, you know, the world's, the world's solutions to the problem. And we're, we don't have the courage and we don't have the support either. There's not a lot of people around us, whether it's in the church or whatever, that will support us in believing God for God to move. Um, and God, so God isn't getting all the things he wants. He's getting, he's permitting for now. Like he's permitting for now things that he doesn't really want. Just like you permit for now the things your teenagers want to do that you don't want them to do. Because your perfect will is for them to not have to suffer and do all those things. So I've got a couple of quick excerpts from this book by Watchman Nee. It's kind of excerpts, a compilation of his uh, secrets to spiritual power and it's on the on the prayer um, and I'm going to just read some of them I'm you know maybe he will say it to you in a way that you can understand better than I um, it, I'm just going to read these things okay because believers mind believers mind too much of their own affairs and fail to work together with God many enemies and much lawlessness are abound are not bound are not bound and many sinners and much grace is not released how greatly restricted is heaven by earth. Knowing that God respects us so much, why can we not trust him enough to pray? God is giving us so much participation or um, activities or, or permissions to work with him. Um, and he even ha- restricts himself, even waiting for us to come into an agreement with him. Um, we often think our, of prayer as an outlet for expressing, expressing what we need as our cry to God for help. What we do not see is that prayer is asking of God to fulfill his needs or purposes, to heal His, to get his will be done on earth. We were so short-sighted seeing, I need this, I need that. Oh my God, if I don't get this, I'm going to die, blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, it's not God's will that you die. It's not God's will that you fail on your rent payment. It's not God's will that you go hungry. So when you pray in God's will and you know that God is good and God loves, loves you, you can know that you're praying in agreement with God and you're not having to beg him. Um, it's, he says prayer, for, prayer it, for God's work to be a, a, 
accomplished on the earth is like rails for the train. The prayer is the rails, like the railroad ties. It lays the foundation and his work is like the train. But before, you know, I have to lay the tracks before the train can come. So that's what kind of like we see prayer is laying those tracks, those railroad ties down so that you can build the tracks so the train can come and bring the blessings and bring the gifts and bring the answers. Um, one who really prays not only is a person who often approaches God, one who really prays, okay, but also is a person who will frequently enter into God's will. That is to say, his thoughts are often um, enter into what God, into God's thoughts, what God wants. You're meditating on whatsoever things are pure, lovely, honest, just, and of good report. We, we should draw near to God, allowing him to impress in us that which he desires to do, so that we ourselves may intercede with groanings, Romans 8, 28. So here's the thing. You know, groanings which cannot be uttered, praying in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes, many times we pray, it is so exhausting um, to put English to the words or try to figure out the solutions or put the right adjectives in place and whatever that all is. And so it's just, God has given us a, a recourse in that we can just simply pray in the Spirit. Then your mind is bypassed and you don't have to think about all the words and how to put it together. You just pray with groanings which cannot be uttered. You know, it's it's a prayer. It's a travailing. It's an, it, an intercessor intercession it's a genuine prayer but it's not that we have to figure it all you know it it gets exhausting that's another reason i think people don't pray is because they 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 run out of words they run out of english they run out of ways to describe and another problem is we pray the problem instead of the answer we just go over and over i just hate that i'm just uh, i just hate that when people just spend 25 minutes rehearsing the problems as if god doesn't know and what does that really do it just reinforces the problems in your mind as being big and terrible instead of focusing on the greatness of God. Um, uh, let's see, whatever. Um, when we pray, we ought, and when we pray as we ought, our prayers will shake up hell and affect Satan. Listen to that. When you pray in that spiritual power and knowing the authority that God's giving you and knowing that you have that authority, for this reason, Satan will rise up to hinder such prayers. All prayers that come from God, touch the powers of darkness. Okay, so we're praying to God. You can pray to the Holy Spirit to give you prayers and power to pray to shake up hell. And that's really what is praying in the Holy Spirit is is letting the Holy Spirit do the praying. You're just giving him permission. permission. Um, here's another important one. Nothing of the will of God is ever released without passing through man. In other words, we have to agree. We have to permit we have to allow God's will to be done on the earth. You have to cry for it. You have to call for it because this world is run by the God of this world. And the only things that are permitted to enter into this world that he doesn't want or permit are the things that God is sending as an answer to prayer. So the things that we pray to God can pass through the barrier. Remember when the angel was sent to, to uh, uh, Daniel was praying for 21 days and fasting. Um, I don't even know if he knew what he was all praying for. But the angel of God broke through the barrier to bring the answer to, to, to Daniel. And he says, sorry, it took me 21 days. I had to fight the, you know, the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece. So we see that Satan hinders, puts up a barricade against the, the answers to prayer coming through. However, God knows all about every one of them. The simplest, tiniest little cry, whimper, tear. He sees it. He knows it. But Satan doesn't want you to know that God knows it. Satan wants you to become discouraged and give up. Giving up is the, the goal for Satan. Um, 
in, in, so in, in true prayer, we should not simply ask concerning things that pertain to our own welfare, which we often do. We should also pray for the glory of God and for the heaven's rule over earth. That's what Jesus did. When he came, he prayed, thy will be done. Notice the prayer. He got an answer to prayer one time that he didn't really like, and he had to say, nevertheless, when he asked the Father in the garden, is it, you know, is it still your will? If it's your will that this cup pass from me, if it's if it's your will that I don't have to go to the cross, and nevertheless, so he was praying for the will of God to be done, no matter how it affected him, because he knew ultimately, God's will was a better solution to everything, to his his eternal Jesus Christ, and to, to his eternal purposes for us, um, and even for his ability then to crown Jesus King of Kings and Lord of Lords over everything because he had overcome even the final enemy, which was death. Um, So Jesus had a trust in his father to raise him from the dead and that he did. That's why Jesus Christ passed every test and had a hundred percent on all of his prayers because he always did the will of the father and the will. When you agree with the will of the father, it's going to be done. And you say, well, what's the delay? Well, the delay might be Satan coming like he did with Job. Let me test him. Let me see if he really believes. Let me see if he's really going to prevail. And at some point, you just have to rest. You, you know, uh, what did Jesus say? Our prayers aren't heard with much speaking. Um, how does that go? Let me just see if I can find that. He, you know, Jesus said, when you pray in Matthew, he was coming against a couple of possible pitfalls and troubles. He said um, in in and uh, well, it's also in Luke 11, but in Matthew chapter six, he says, um, just prefacing the Our Father, he says, and when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and being seen, you know, by men. So there's no power in that prayer. That's just appearance. That's just false piety. That's just nothing to God. Nothing doesn't even count. But you, when you pray go into your closet or into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly so now we're getting rid of all that that um, self-glorification or praise of men that's all that is all cut out of the equation because nobody sees you doing it and this is the best way to pray get yourself a place a secret place and pray there Um, he says go to your room shut your door um, and the Father who sees will openly reward you. But when you pray, here's another do not, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their many words. And this goes like the prophets of Baal back on the Mount Carmel. They were praying and they were petitioning and they were dancing and screaming and cutting themselves with, with knives and lances to get the blood out to give that blood sacrifice to Satan. They were getting in a frenzy, um, working themselves up, a hyper whatever. And and it, yet that is not how we're to pray. We don't have to pray by freaking out, you know, getting, I mean, yes, there may be some drama and emotion in terms of your heart, pouring out your heart before God. That's not bad, but we don't have to just over and over and over as if God's got bad hearing or something. Um, don't use the vain repetitions as the heathen do, you know. Therefore, do not be like them. Your father knows already the things that you have needed before you ask him. So if he already knows, you can say something like, you know, God, Father, you already know this. I am just coming here to now to be quiet for a second, listen to your Holy Spirit, and, and 
let you show me how you want me to pray in this particular matter. And I think another thing is we're very defocused on a scattered attention deficit. We start out with something in prayer and within two minutes, for sure, probably more like 20 seconds, we're gone onto some other subject. I don't think most of us can sustain a two-minute focused intercession before God on anything. I just believe it's that crazy down here, or maybe it's just me. But I think that, you know, for that to happen, for us to stay in going into that place of travail, intercession, um, even in prayer meetings, for example, people jump around, they start, they pray a little prayer here, and then somebody else that pops in with somebody else and something else. And you just go around this merry-go-round and nobody stays long enough on a prayer to actually pray it through. And, and we praying through things is work. Because you have to stay focused. And I think that's one of the problems. We can't stay focused and we're off thinking about somebody else or something else. And to pray through, we have to get to the place of the lie. We have to get to the place where the enemy is uh, set up that lie, whether in the circumstance or in the person's mind or their relationship or whatever. We must get to the place where we bind the lie and loose release the truth. That's really what it is, is binding and loosing, binding the lie and releasing the truth in that, you know, release the love of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the mercy of God, the wisdom of God, uh, strength in God, and strengthen their souls to be able to do what they need to do, uh, to stand in having done all to stand. And that's exactly what Ephesians tells us, chapter 3, it says here. Um, um, let's see. Now, verse 20, chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages, without world without end. Amen. So he's able to do abundantly, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I think some versions say ask, think, or imagine, even beyond what you can imagine, according to the power that works in us. The power is already at work in us, but we have to uncork it. We have to um, open the tap. We have to, it's there. The water is there. The water pressure's in the tank. The water's coming from the well. It's in the faucet, but it will do us no good unless we open or turn on the faucet. And that's our little part to just turn on the faucet of God's abundant blessing and God's washing of the water, of the word God's refreshing. If we learn this, how to pray, pray, let us pray. And truly, according to the will of God, we will come into a new place of peace and rest and victory and uh, answers to prayer. You know, it doesn't take four people, 12 people, a multitude of people, a majority of people to pray the same thing for the thing to get done. It takes one person, you, agreeing with God and casting that vote to tip the tie, to break the tie between God and Satan. So you go with God and you say, God, I'm going to believe you. Now, this doesn't mean, you know, and the devil, oh, there's many things he can do. He can set up in your imagination false ideas of what God wants, you know, um, and, you know, you, we're, yeah, we can go there some other time, but there's a lot of things that we can think that we want to imagine that God will do, and they're not what God has in mind right then. So we have to, like, for example, Jesus could have imagined that God wanted to deliver him from the cross, but that was not what God wanted right then. God needed for him to go through the cross, to the cross, through the cross, and then through the resurrection into victory so that we could be saved. And so this is 
how there's many, many more things. But if you will just begin to go, number one, to the place of knowing who God is and that he's good, and that's your foundation for beginning to pray. Secondly, knowing that you are God, you haven't already agrees with the good things. He wants you, God wants you to agree with him so he can move forward in it because he doesn't come down here and mess in the affairs of men without an invitation, you know. I mean, that's why he's given us power to participate with him, to pray, to intercede, to declare, you know, there's power, death and life in the power of our tongue. We don't recognize, we're murmuring, complaining and giving all of our ammunition to the devil. And we're afraid to pick up the weapon of prayer that God has given us because we see other people get hurt by it. Okay. So father, we just thank you for the, uh, the weapon of prayer. We po- the power of your spirit, your love and agreement with us to that your will be done as we are c- encouraged to agree with you, not to look at what it looks like, but to look at you, Father God, and the finished work. Lord, let us not grow weary. Let us not be afraid. Let us not be taken over by these things that are coming on us like waves of the ocean, but let us stand in having done all to stand in the goodness of God and the victory of the cross and the victory of the open tomb, Father, the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. So we bless you today and hope and pray and trust that this is setting you free to do some pretty strategic praying. And we have a couple of offerings off of our website, liferecovery.com. One of them is called um, Answers to Prayer. It's a, it's a CD that you can download. Uh, it's so time that we learn how to pray and walk in the spirit and not be so consumed with all of the political drama out there and the political crap. You know, if you intercede with and cry out to God, that is the best way to spend your time and energy that God will intervene. God will forgive. God will break down the walls. God will do what only God can do. And obviously it's getting to the point where we have to recognize that only God can do this. So Answers to prayer. You can also check out um, a lot of our other things, like one another um, uh, op- opportunity would be to, to um, cravings. I think we advertised that last week. Why do I do the things I don't want to do? Another one is knowing that you know. That's a CD. Knowing that I know what I need to know in order to do what I need to do. Another one is called, um, the, these are all CDs. Uh, let's see. Um, praying, um, preparing for battle, which is about praying, how to pray specifically for things, especially for your day and to protect, because a lot of times we don't really take much. We just things, it is what it is. And we don't do any kind of, um, proactive praying, you know, like I forbid you enemy. Um, you know, I, I call on the promises of God that no weapon formed against me will prosper. We don't do proactive praying, which I think would help our day go very well. So that is called, um, uh, preparing for battle. So we have uh, um, prayers, answered answers to prayer, um, preparing for battle. Um, why can't I concentrate? Um, just some other things that will help you out in your day. So God bless you. Let's go. Let's get going here. God is good. He's in control. Let us pray and agree with him. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.